Hey, this is Dr. Evans Kariuki. Welcome to Firebrand Nation. Your life will never be the same as you go through these teachings. These are teachings for soul winners. Here at Firebrand Nation, we believe that we are called to reach one soul every second. This podcast is designed for soul winners who hunger and thirst to see the lost come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Turn your Bibles with me to Psalms chapter 51. I'm going to go ahead and close all these notes because I know God is speaking to somebody. If I was in Kenya, this is one of those services that I would lock the doors because this is one of those services where the devil would try to get you out because he knows what's about to happen in your life. This is where the devil will remind you what's out there for you, what you have to go do. But how many of you say, I'm going to stay? Who can abide the refiner's fire? How many Malachi type of believers do we have in the house? I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my... I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my... Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Psalms chapter 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions or my sins. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my mistakes and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and against thee, O Lord, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I, the great king of Israel, I, the one whom loves you, I, the one who called you the lover of my soul, I, the one whom you said loves you, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that my bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquity. Wow, David. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold within me thy free spirit. Focus on Jesus, regardless of what your neighbor does, if they begin to fall and cry out to God, that's between them and God. Whether that's your wife, that's your husband, let them be. And if I have to, I will tell you to get away from them. Then I will teach transgressors thy way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me. Somebody say, deliver me. From blood guiltness. O God, thou God of my salvation, 
and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, or else I would give it. Thou desirest not burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, and a broken and a contrite heart, O God. Thou will not despise. I want to talk to you very freely and briefly. From a topic titled, Deliverance from the Issues of Our And the subtitle is, The Heart Never Forgets. The Heart Never Forgets. Pay attention to this preacher because he's, he's speaking to you. David had been anointed the king of Israel. David was now sitting on his throne at peace with his enemies. David had raised what was called mighty men. He had men who were following him and men who respected him and honored him. King David. This was no longer David the shepherd boy. This was now David the anointed one of God. This was the sweet psalmist of Israel, the Bible says. This was David of whom they said Saul killed his thousands, but David... His tens of thousands. Mighty man, David. David looked around his kingdom and said, you know what? Everything God has promised me, I can see it coming to pass. But as he was resting in the luxury of his victories, as he was enjoying the pleasures of God's blessings, as David had put down his guards from the battlefield and sent the men out for war. One day David is standing in his balcony and he sees a lady afar. And David begins to admire this lady. And the Bible says very quickly that David went and took the lady into his room. Shortly after, the lady is pregnant, and she sends a message to David. She pens it so beautifully. Tell my Lord that thy servant is expecting. David, this mighty man of God, one small slip, and his whole kingdom is now staring at him. Everything that God has blessed him with is about to be lost in one day. The Bible says that David says, I'm going to come up with a way to solve this problem because I'm the king. And David ended up taking the husband, Uriah, of the lady he'd been with. The husband who was the captain of one of his armies. David took the man and killed him. Then because David is a good man, he, re, he, he, he solved one mistake with another. He takes the lady of the husband he's killed. And because David is king, can nobody take care of this lady better than I can? He brings her into his house and marries her. Then comes the prophet, prophet Nathan, comes to David and says, David, was it not enough that you were anointed as king? Was it not enough that anything you looked at in the whole world you could have? Was it not enough that God chose you when you were a little nothing 
and exalted you high? Was it not enough that your God's anointed? Now you had to go and touch someone's wife and let alone touch the person's life. And David said, your kingdom, Nathan said to David, your kingdom shall be taken away from you. David saw everything God had given him slipping out of his hands. The Bible then says that David went into his prayer room in prayer and fasting. David begins to cry out before the Lord. And in that room is where he wrote Psalms 51. Because David found himself at a place where many Christians find themselves. The problem is not that we don't love God. The problem is not that we don't desire God. The problem is not that we are not trying to do the right thing. You cave it for righteousness because God himself called David a righteous man. You cannot call David a man who doesn't love God because David, God himself called David a man after his own heart. But something happens to Christians sometimes and I've come to see it that we have moments where there is a war happening on the inside of us. We have a slip of judgment. We know to do right, but the right that we know to do, we don't do it. And the Bible says that Paul had the same battle. Paul said it in Romans chapter 7, that there is a war going on on the inside of me. There is a man that's battling on the inside of me. And Paul said, oh, what wretched man that I am. What wretched man that I am. How can I stand and tell God how much I love him? Have you ever danced before the presence of God? You sang the song, you praise the praise, but later on you make a mistake and you look at yourself and you begin to condemn yourself. You begin to judge yourself. You're like, how can I be so anointed, but yet I fall so easy? Am I talking to somebody? How can I be called and yet I make so many mistakes? Today I come to prophesy that the callings of God are without repentance repentance today i come to prophesy over somebody that the same god don't reduce my volume the same god that chose you is the same god that will keep you if you're not self-righteous shout keep me jesus david was undergoing mental torment and church, hear me, if you've never been in this battle against your own self, have you ever been in a battle that you look at your life and you're like, I am my own worst enemy. I get into a relationship and I'm the one who breaks it up. I get a job and I'm the one who tears that job up. I get a good man. I get a good wife. I get a good life. And I'm the one who's my own worst enemy. Ain't no shame in the house if that's you. Shout, deliver me. Deliver me. Lord. Lord. Deliver me from me lord deliver me from me lord i need you to deliver me from me if you've never found yourself in that place just stay saved long enough. Stay saved long enough. Paul said, there is a war going on on the inside of me. It's like the things I want to do, I don't do them. And the ones I don't want to do, that's what I find myself. Am I talking to somebody today? That's what I find myself doing. 
So David begins to uncover. David, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, begins to uncover why this is happening. Somebody may be looking at me and saying, Pastor, I don't know, you know, maybe I've never been there. Let me tell you what happens when you're in that place. There's something called self-guilt. You look at yourself and you blame yourself for everything. It's like I am the I'm at fault for everything. David said, if you were to judge me, you would be right by judging me. Is there somebody who's cried in the night and said, God, why did you even anoint me? And you knew I was such a mess. If you were to judge me, you would be right at judging me. David says, he begins to carry self-guilt. A lot of guilt. Can I tell you the truth? David then says that his joy is gone. It's like, Lord, I know I'm still saved. But I'm stuck in what happened. I'm still stuck at this divorce. I'm still stuck where my mama died. I'm still stuck where my daddy died. I'm still stuck where my daughter or my son left. And we don't have a good relationship. Where are you stuck? Are you still stuck where your son or your daughter left the house? Or maybe you lost your family. Are you still stuck on the day that you were sent to prison? You know, psychology has proven that there are points in life where your mind could be stuck at a specific age. So it's like your body is growing but your mind is stuck. This is exactly what David was talking about. David had undergone so much torment. Torment. Because he did not want to kill his best friend and take his best friend's girl. That's not David's heart. But David looks at himself and says, I was born in sin. And in sin, I was born in sin, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. David looked at himself and said, the man I've become is not who I wanted to be. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and not even recognized who you're looking at? And you know, this life is so crazy. Because from the day we are born, you've got a jacket, give me your jacket. I'll get it right back. From the day we are born, I was shapen in iniquity. What your mama called you, you put it on you. Then what your teacher called you, you put it on you. Give me that other jacket. What your first boyfriend did to you, what they taught you, you put it on you. So now your marriage trying to have intimacy, but your first boyfriend made you watch so much pornography that your mind cannot even fathom what real love is but you're saved. But you're trying to live right. Give me another jacket. Come on, put, put some more labels on here. Then you go to school, you're in high school, and then you realize everybody got a daddy but you. Now you got daddy issues. And you realize, you know what? If only I can find my daddy, everything's gonna be okay. So you go from Mr. A to Mr. B to Mr. C, to Mr. E looking for daddy and every man even though you call them daddy it just doesn't fit now you've lived your life with so much weight of people's labels on your life David was so confused because he was trying to be king he was trying to be the anointed he was trying to do right by helping this girl and he was trying to do right by protecting the throne. 
David was trying to do the right thing by doing the wrong thing. But the thing is this. I've come to believe, and please hear this preacher today. There are many Christians who their confessions are right. The Bible says that with the heart a man believes, but with the mouth they confess unto righteousness. With the heart we believe, with the mouth we say the right thing, we believe the right thing. But our hearts are so hardened because of the situations in life that we cannot let God in and he's not going to force himself. Your heart got hardened when your mama died. Your heart got hardened when your sister died. Your heart got hardened when your daughter died. And you cursed God. You are so angry at God that you closed your heart out to God. Am I talking to somebody today? David said, I was shaped, I was shaped in iniquity. I believe there are many Christians who are suffering and struggling from traumas of their past. And the problem in America is this, I must say it. In America, we have so many pastors who teach people how to cope with what they have. And we have very few deliverance ministers who tell them that what is on you can get off you. We have very few deliverance ministers who understand understand the power of deliverance somebody say i need deliverance i'm saved but i need deliverance from my past so somebody comes to your office they are carrying so much pain and you tell them you know what just go and confess this go and say every morning i'm blessed coming in blessed going out i'm blessed what you mean i'm blessed my own heart is destroying me my own heart is consuming me You can confess all you want, but until Christ takes this wicked burden off you, you will never be whole. Somebody shout, make me whole. Sit. Sit. David says, leave them there, leave them there, leave them there. David says, I was shaped in iniquity. Let's talk about that a little bit. Born in the hood. You've lived your life seeing people shoot each other. It does something to you. Whether you want to believe it or not, it does something to you. You were raised in a house with one mother and no father. It, mold, it shapes. I was shaped in iniquity. I have come to believe that robbing, murder, and all those things are more a heart problem and a mental problem. It is what has conditioned the person. The Bible says that things like murder, things like adultery, they are issues. This is why Christians, they are trying to do the right thing. You show up to church every Sunday. You love God. But every man that gives you attention. We're going we to walk easy today. It's like a man can pray, can seek God, can quote scripture, but they cannot resist a skirt. A preacher can preach and save the whole world, but not his own marriage. Something is wrong with our hearts. Something is wrong with our hearts. There is something that happens when people are growing up, that shapes your heart. And when you encounter God, your response to him is determined by the issues of your heart. The Bible says fornication, iniquity, all these things come from the heart. 
So when you find somebody is struggling to live holy, the problem is not the confession. The problem is not their desire. The problem is their heart needs to learn holiness. That's why the psalmist said, teach my heart. Teach me deep on the inside of my heart that I may know your ways. That I may know you. Make my heart to know wisdom. Because you can be all the saved you want to be. But if the issues of your heart are still knocking, you're going to still need deliverance. Pastor, what is deliverance? Deliverance is what happens after salvation. When Jesus prayed for the woman, the Bible says when she touched him, she was healed. But Jesus says, you've been made whole. That's deliverance. The children of Israel were taken out of Egypt, salvation, but being delivered into the promised land, deliverance. Deliverance is when Egypt comes out of you. That's why we still have lying Christians, hoeing Christians, touching, smoking, dipping, licking Christians, because we've not preached deliverance. And deliverance just doesn't happen. David wanted to do the right thing, but he couldn't get away from it. The only thing that David knew was blood. The Bible says that even at the end of David's life, God said, David, you're a man of blood. The thing, oh, church, hear me. David began his ministry with blood. David began his ministry with blood. Hear this point, don't miss it. David began his ministry with blood. The same God that delivered me from the bear, from the, from the lion, is the same God that will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. And the same blood that he began with ministry is, is the same blood that stopped him from building the temple. Everything you do to the worst extent will either help you or become a roadblock to your ministry. There are many ministers, hear me, and God has been working with me on this thing. There are so many ministers who are preaching from a place of pain. And for a while, it looks good. But after a while, instead of building, you begin to tear down. There are many fathers who are raising their children from a place of pain. You don't even know how to be a father because you were never fathered. You don't even know how to be a mother because your mama was cray-cray. You don't even know how to love your children because you are never loved so you're destroying what God has blessed you with today I come with the anointing of Luke chapter 4 the Bible declares that the anointing heals the heart and breaks the yoke in the mighty name of Jesus Christ church you can be saved but as long as as you've not been delivered, your methods of dealing with issues in life stays the same. Fight or flight. Saved, but fight or flight. I have seen it. Somebody gets into a good thing and because they are used to turning something bad, good to bad, they destroy themselves. And it's like you're always restarting in life. Because your heart has never been healed. Tell your neighbor until today. Tell your neighbor until today. Tell your neighbor you're about to see a new me today. Tell your neighbor I may have lost my way for a minute. But I'm coming back. I'm coming back to my way. I'm coming back to a new creature. I'm being made whole today. I'm receiving my new anointing today. I'm stepping into my fresh oil today. If that's you, shout now. Shout now. Shout now. Shout unto God. And sometimes we are carrying wounds that we didn't even know we had. Psalms 139 verse 23, you're carrying wounds that you didn't even know you have. 
How many of you have ever put hand sanitizer on your hands? I'm going to try again. How many of you have ever put hand sanitizer on your hands? How many of you have ever put hand sanitizer and you didn't even know you were cut? But the moment the hand sanitizer touches it, you didn't even know, you didn't even know that the divorce hurt you that bad. You didn't even know that the separation hurt you that bad. You didn't even know that the abuse hurt you that bad. You think you've gotten over it. You think you've gotten away with it until something is applied on your hands. David said, wash me with hyssop and I shall be clean. David said, I want you to search the fullness of your heart. He said, search me, oh God, and know my heart and know my thoughts. The heart is like those wounds. Because the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Deceitfully wicked. Church, your heart will lie to you that you're okay. There are people who watch their life breaking down, but they are so proud that they cannot humble their heart. Ain't nobody gonna treat me that way. I'm gonna lose my job, but it's all good. I'm gonna lose my marriage, but it's all good. Do you know somebody told me one day that many children have been raised without a father. I said, so what does that mean? You should leave your own house because you are raised without a father. It's time for us to face our trauma, to face the problems and present them before God so that we can change we make excuses oh, oh you know pastor so and so got a divorce so pastor so and so was you know he's good I believe true deliverance happens when you search your heart because life teaches us come on brother life teaches us to be strong nobody gonna see me cry real men don't cry who told you that somebody did hey real men don't cry don't let these out there treat you like that you're a man handle your own thing what else do they tell you yeah learn how learn how to suck it up they don't respect you, don't respect nobody. Be your own man. Make sure your shoes are fresh and your dress is right. So now you find identity in your clothes. But you know what's happening on the inside? All these labels are getting heavier and the weight is bearing down. And the man, because the only person you cannot deceive is yourself. You can lie to everybody like everything is good. But in the middle of the night, the Bible says, your own heart convicts you. Your own heart is going to remind you of what God has told you to be. Your own heart is going to let you know that you're not living the full potential of what God has deposited on the inside of you. And today I come to declare Ezekiel chapter 37 that God is giving you a new heart in the name of Jesus Christ. Softly, let me talk to the sisters for a minute. I'm about to get in real trouble. Real trouble. But if you know me, you know how much I love you. You get into a marriage with your independent woman syndrome. And now you want to run your husband so much that you run him away. In your marriage shaking your head who do you think you are keep 
Shaking the head is for the streets. Come, come on Sunday, it will be nicer. You know, ladies get in marriages and the same way you talk with your sisters, you want to come and talk to your husband. And no man going to treat me that way. He ain't no man, that's your husband. And we have made, we have made in marriage, sex a reward for acting good. You and the devil. That ain't nothing but the devil. That's some manipulation in the house. I thank God there's some women giving God an amen. That's manipulation of the marriage. You're using your body, which is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, in marriage, your body is not your own. Guess whose it is? But you use sex to manipulate. And God forbid you manipulate so much that witchcraft gets in the marriage. I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to somebody. You manipulate so much that witchcraft gets in the marriage. Pastor, how do I know witchcraft is coming in? When you begin to dethrone the king, you begin to make the king feel less of a king. That's what Jezebel did. Jezebel will look at Ahab and tell him, what kind of king are you? You need to let me run this thing. You need to let me get you what you need don't be out there trying to do your own thing you need to do everything through me but the problem is the problem is daddy never taught you how to love and every man that you've been involved with has torn you and used your body so you learned that your body can be a weapon or your body can be a tool. And now you're saved, but the heart never forgets. Oh, pastor, did you call? I don't even know if I'm supposed to go there. Are you ready for this? Are we ready for this? The Bible says, Paul tells the church, do not let the married women and the women of the church begin to act as of becoming the other women. Do you know what the Hebrew word, the Greek word he used? He said, women don't become a diablos. A devil. A devil. Don't become a diablos. Please hear me. I love you. But the Bible says, Eve was deceived. And ladies, if you don't live with your mind aware that the greatest weapon against you is deception, you will be falling in and out of relationships, falling in mistakes. Then you realize one day, because deception works this way, it covers you. I know it hurts you, just hang tight. Hang tight. It covers your eyes. Then once you've lost the blessing, it uncovers you. And now you're looking back and realizing I actually had a good thing. And the Bible says a woman tears her own house with what? Her own hands. You destroy your own house with your own hands thinking you're saving it. Diablos. It's, you know, don't be deceived. The devil has no new tricks. He has no new tricks. If the devil deceived Eve in the garden, guess who's going to deceive in the kingdom? The women. Tear men down. You tell a man, these are my babies. You ain't going to hurt my babies speaking to your children negatively about their father all because somewhere down the road there was a man who didn't love you so now you cannot love right church God wants to make our relationships pure 
pure. And this idea of I'm going to step away from this one. If you have the mentality that you and a man are equal, all you've got to do is look in the mirror and know God made a difference. Don't let this feminine movement mess with our heads so much. You know, here is where people start saying that African preacher it's in the word. Go find it. Paul, Paul was an African preacher. Paul was an African preacher then. Because everything I'm telling you, Paul said, Mighty men! So much that we weaken men. You as a lady cannot raise a man to be a man. A man needs a man in their life for them to be a man. The same way a man cannot raise a lady to be a lady. Because he cannot fully understand. And men, on the other hand, the Bible says, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Jesus died for his bride. Have you died for yours? The Bible says, do not be harsh to your wife. Don't, don't address her harshly. What are you doing raising your voice to another woman? So now your house is acquired. Soprano and tenor. She shouts, you shout. He shouts, you shout. And the problem is not in the house. The problem is you've got drama that's undealt with. You've got issues in your heart that have not been resolved. Men, there are things that you have to listen and be like, okay, when you're ready to talk, we'll have a good conversation. But I ain't shouting because you're shouting. And there are times that you're going to have to hold that lady as a tender reef even when she's upset at you. Don't, don't, don't get big manism. Big man. You ain't going to treat me like that. I'm a man. You and your manhood shut up. I'm a man, ain't nobody gonna talk to me like that. You know, I left my mama's house when I was in. Ooh. That's the problem. That's the problem. You left your mama's house, but mama ain't never left your mind. You think your wife is your mama, so you're trying to let her treat you like your mama. You've been with so many women, you've been with Shaniqua, uh, Tisha, Shaniqua, Keisha. You've been with so many of them that you don't even know who your wife is. You treat them all the same. But the problem is in the heart. It's in the heart. But you know the bigger issue is this. You can attend church all your life. You can attend church all your life but the Bible says your thoughts are always going to flow from your heart. This man can go to church. This woman can go to church. And as long as all she's hearing is how good she is and never dealing with the issues of the heart, the trauma, the wounds, the things you've gone through are still on the inside. That does not mean that does not mean you're not going to heaven. There are many prophets who carried a lot of a lot of mental torment, but they still made it to heaven. You're still gonna make it in. This has nothing to do with you. The reason why the Bible says in heaven the leaves are for the healing of the nations is because broken people are going to get there. But David said, 
Heal me, create in me a clean heart. Why? So I can teach transgressors their way. The reason why I've cried before God, I've wept before God for the men of this church. And God has told me there is a problem with the heart. The problem is not their willingness. The problem is not their desire. The problem is I have not dealt with their heart. We have men who can't trust another man. We have men who've been beat down so much that somebody tries to tell you what to do and you're back at, at uh, Kintakunte's farm. You ain't gonna give me all that work. I ain't your slave. Ain't nobody made you a slave, man. We're doing the work of the Lord. How, do, how are we standing in the middle of the corn farm and the, and the cotton farm? And we talk about the work of the Lord. We have made God's vineyard, Kintakunte's vineyard. Last pastor that messed you up and you bring your traumatized self to church. problem is this problem is this many people cannot believe God cannot trust God because of the foolishness of our hearts the Bible says the fool has said where in his heart there is no God there are men who are sitting before me today and women who hear the preaching of the word but they don't believe because in their heart they are foolish there is a deception and a foolishness that makes them not believe God because of the trauma they've been through. How can God love me if I've been through this much trouble? How can God love me if they raped me? How can God love me if I was abused? How can God love me if I went through this? I'm here to let you know your body, your heart may never forget. But the Bible says that God is more than able to give you a new heart, to make you a new creature, to take away the pain, take away the torment, take away the trouble. I see deliverance coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Pick it up. I see deliverance is moving in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The issue when you're carrying this much pain, the pain of the rape, the pain of the disappointment, you cannot serve God fully. You're like Peter. Peter wanted to do right, but his heart was in the wrong place. When you're walking through this, the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart. You want your marriage to flourish? The problem is not the marriage. Let's get our heart right. You want healing to flow? You want the Spirit of God to move? You want the power of God to move in your life get your heart right with God and I don't care what the therapist told you you can cover up all your problems but until you face them I don't care what medicine they gave you what I'm, I'm not here to talk to you about your Prozac and Wozak and Mezak and all that nonsense I'm here to talk to you about the blood the cross of Jesus Christ David said my sin is ever before me you've got to come face to face with yourself stop blaming brother so-and-so stop blaming sister so-and-so I don't care what sister Nene did to you it was your heart that was in that place and it's time for us to come face to face with ourselves somebody say Lord Jesus show me me Lord Jesus raise it up show me me show me the issues of my heart let me stand before you with my heart wide open in Jesus mighty name you've got to come before God and tell him Lord I'm carrying the pain of my father's when my father left I'm carrying the pain of my mother's whoopings I'm carrying the pain 
of my first relationship that broke up. I feel an anointing. Take a seat and receive from God. I'm cutting the pain. Raise it up. I'm cutting the pain of my past. I'm cutting the pain of the days I spent in prison. I'm cutting the pain of society. I'm cutting the pain of my disappointments. Is there somebody who's ready to lay it down at the cross? David said, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. You may be saved. You may be washed by the blood, but it's time to put the weight and the burden on the cross of Calvary. Somebody shout, begin with me. Begin with me. Begin with me. Begin with me, oh God. Very quickly. Your heart, very quickly, This you need this scripture. Your heart and the spirit of God are connected. They are connected. They are connected. There is someone says, Pastor, I just want to be full of the Holy Ghost. The first place I look is where is your heart at? Oh, pastor, I was raised in the Baptist church. You know, we never spoke in tongues. That Baptist upbringing, it affected your heart whether you know it or not. It conditioned your mind. Ain't nothing wrong with upbringing, but you got to step up to new levels. Church, your past affects you whether you want it or not. That's why we must be delivered from our past. You look at the words of our mouth, they will show us the issues of our heart. <sighs> Go with me to Acts chapter 15, verse 8. Acts 15, verse 8. We are closing. Acts 15, verse 8. I'm telling you, God is giving us an army of men and women who have a pure heart before God. Pure hearts in our marriage. Pure hearts in our relationships. Pure hearts in the pastors. Pure hearts. Church, hear me. Hear me. Silence a little bit. Hear me. The reason why some are not full of the Holy Ghost, you attend church all your life but can't understand this shouting, clapping, dancing thing, can't understand speaking in tongues, it's not lack of teaching. One, two, three, let's read off the screen. And God which what? Knows. You can be an usher and look good. Not God knows your suit. Not God knows your Sunday best. You know, I wonder why people cannot give everything up to serve God. This year, God showed me the problem is not their confession. They'll tell you all the good. I want, I want to live my life and serve God. Their heart. There's, there's, there's something in there. Something on the inside. And when the pressure comes, it's going to show up. And I tell you this, we're living in the last days. The pressure is coming. When we have Christians, 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 going on social media, accusing another Christian, a Christian leader who died because they chose a certain stance and you accuse them and talk about them on social media. I've come to realize that when people are being stamped 666, there are other Christians who will accuse others of dying for denying the mark, thinking they are wrong. When we are standing with political parties that don't represent anything our Christian faith represents, but only represent our color, there's a problem with our heart. 
We are so color stroke that if it doesn't look like you, it doesn't sound like you, it doesn't feel like you, you cannot accept it. The problem is your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The, next, the last time you said, oh, that's how white people act, that's how black people act, is because it's in your heart. Oh, pastor, you know God is working on me, this little, this little addiction, this little temptation, this little pornography that I watch, this little, this little uh, online text messaging and, and sending pictures that I do, you know, ain't nothing wrong with it. The Bible says temptation comes not from the outside, but it comes from the inside of your heart. The reason why it tempts you is because it's in your heart. And until God gets it out, you can shout all you want to shout, praise all you want to praise, but in the middle of the night when you're alone, your own heart will condemn you. Prozac cannot help the issues of your heart. Whatever, whatever, whatever medicine they tell you cannot help the issues of your heart. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can mend every broken heart, can mend every broken piece of your life in Jesus' mighty name. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, somebody say yes, Lord. Somebody say yes, Lord. The Bible says he'll give us a new heart. He'll give you, it's a gift. It's free. All you have to do is accept it. The heart that was broken, the heart that was disappointed today in this service it can be taken away all you've got to do is say yes lord the bible says he'll give you a new heart he'll give you a new heart not the hard heart of flesh not the hard heart of stone but a heart of flesh a heart that is sensitive a heart that is close to him a heart that can be touched by god the bible says that god he looked at their heart because of their heart they could not receive the holy ghost Ghost. how do I miss on the spirit because my heart is deceived today I say no I say Lord I come just as I am I lay it all down my heart my thoughts my mind like David creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me I declare Ezekiel 36 verse 26 to everyone in this building that God a new heart will he give you a new spirit will he put within you everyone standing lifting up your hands and crying out unto God he healed my heart he healed my soul he healed my body he made me whole lift up your hands and cry out unto God tell the Lord do a work in my heart do a work in my heart do a work in my heart begin with me elders move this move this begin with me begin with me begin with me god i've tried it by myself but there are things that happened in my past there are things that happened in my history that only you can deal with god begin with me yes lord i want to read for you an expert from my book firebrand i carried so much pain in my life I was a pastor to a small group. The small group wasn't growing. One lady called Jane, who I love so much till today. She's the one who used to remind me, you're going to make a great pastor one day. I know it's hard right now, but you're going to make a great pastor. I had so many issues. When I came to America, I struggled. Great culture shock. I was so depressed that I was medicated. I couldn't understand the American culture. I didn't understand it. How, to, how to, to chase status. I didn't get it. Severely depressed. I lost my scholarship. Came on an economic scholarship. Lost it at UT. Getting D's and F's. Failing. Then snow begins to fall. I got so depressed. Got into wrong relationships. And one day, I'm going to read from page 130, 131. Before class was over, something interesting began to happen. 
It wasn't alarming at first since it was subtle change, but I noticed a spiritual shift in the class atmosphere. I felt a shadow creeping in and my day lost the buoyancy that it had in the morning. I began to feel a heaviness in my heart, a pain in my heart. That same heaviness that you feel when you've lost somebody you love. That same heaviness when you've been heartbroken and disappointed. I wondered why it was happening. I tried to keep my composure, but I could not hold it. I was suddenly so sad. I wondered what was happening as if everyone around me was feeling the same thing. But when I looked around the room, no one else felt the heaviness that I felt. The room felt dark and I felt alone. At this point, Pastor Ramirez began to speak about people who've been disappointed in their past. Unintentionally, we often carry pain from our past and the, the pain becomes hindrances or roadblocks to the fire of God in our life. Your past begins to stop you from getting fully what God has for you. I asked God, has your spirit departed from me? Why am I feeling so sad? That's where many of us get to. God begins to, 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 to work in our hearts and begins to expose the pain. And we are such professional blockers. And we know how to close our heart out so much that we close out the move of God. We think sadness and sorrow is not God cannot work through that. But you can never be healed of pain without facing the pain. The Bible talks about godly sorrow. You must, I remember one of my pastors in Africa now, Pastor Jane, I was preaching and she began to cry. She did not know her family. She doesn't have a good relationship with her father, her mother. And that day the pain sank in. And another lady, uh, I can't mention her name because they may be watching. She had been molested and abused as a young girl in high school by some teacher. Had molested and abused her and she felt so defiled. And as I was preaching, that pain began to show up. Church, God can handle all the pain of your heart you can church before a surgeon has to work on a wound he must open it up and clean it out before God works on your heart he must open it up and clean it out come on up here praise him at that point listen to this at that point I began to have memories of my childhood. I remembered what it was like growing with a single parent, wondering where my father was. I've never called any man daddy and all my friends would talk about their fathers. I remember times when we didn't have food to eat. I remember going to school in my brother's clothes and everybody had new uniform. I remember being kicked out of school for not having a hundred shillings, 10 cents. I recall times when I thought God did not love us. When we became Christians, my mother fully sold out to God becoming a pastor she was always busy doing the work of God and in some cases I felt as if the family was broken by God I felt dragged along to church and church was the thing that took God away from me all this was happening in that one moment where were these thoughts going through my mind why now what triggered these feelings? I could not hold it anymore. I began to shake. I began to cry. Right there as I cried like a baby. Mucus running down my nose. I was shaking, crying, crying, more crying. I cried for the father I never knew. I cried for the girl who broke my heart. I cried for the times I depended on people when they disappointed me. I cried for the times I disappointed others 
who trusted in me. I cried for the abuse of my youth. I cried and I cried for all the wrong that had happened in my life. I no longer cared about who was around me. I pray to God you get to that place where you say, God, if you're going to heal my heart, I don't care who's around me. My day of refining had come. Tears flowed and flooded the desk. My heart broke down and I let them out. I shook and I cried. It was uncontrollable. The refining fire of Malachi chapter 3 had come. I'm going to skip a little bit. I'm going to skip a little bit. I remembered growing up in witchcraft and how that affected me my teenage life, my young adults, my businesses. I had started a great multi-million business and gave it to one of my family members who totally destroyed it. That business was paying for my school fees in America. I cried. God was purifying me. I went home that day and locked myself in the room I shook on the floor and cried for eight hours straight. My, my wife would come into the room just to watch me shake and cry. I thank God for a spiritual wife for she knew not to interfere. God, God was working on her husband. He showed me the pain. And that day, I had a vision of a hand that was holding on to a grave. And as I cried before God, I saw that hand release the grave and fall into the grave. And I saw God covering the grave. And God said, your past is over. I am who I am today because of what God did. I've been where you've been, searching for God, but can't find him because our hearts are not in the right place. But God is saying today there is a healing anointing. I know our time is gone, but God is doing a great work in this place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I truly believe you have been blessed. If you have enjoyed this episode and would like to join Firebrand Nation, the movement, connect with us on social media at Firebrand Nation. Go to our website at www.firebrandnation.com. Remember, alone I'm a flame. Together we are a fire. Like, share, and distribute this so that others could be blessed. God bless you.